Warrior Princess Nation. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Princess Chronicle podcast. This is Nikisha. I'm so excited for what God has for us today. So grab your Bibles, pens, journals, and let's dive in. I have a question today, ladies. Um, what's your story? That's, a, that's the question of the day. What is your story? And I was having um, a sit-down in-depth conversation with some friends of mine yesterday. And um, in the midst of our Bible study and our time with God together, we kind of looked at, um, I think one of the questions that were asked to us is tell one another a something about yourselves that each other didn't know. And so I've known these ladies for, for some years now. And so really thinking back, we all had to think like, what is it that you don't know about me? Um, as we begin to share our story, though, and the part of us that we hadn't shared with one another before, um, it, it was enlightening to see how our past versus where we were that day, yesterday, was vastly different. And the only conclusion that can be drawn is that Jesus is the one who made that difference. So as we shared about, um, you know, some tragedy and the things that we were involved in pre-Jesus and then how God had transformed our lives and we looked nothing like what we had gone through. If you looked at us today, you would not know our past unless we shared that story with you. And oftentimes when it comes to talking about our past, we often shy away from it. We don't want to discuss what it was like before Jesus. Um, maybe because of guilt, maybe because of shame, for, but for whatever reason, we tend to give you all the fluff of after we've accepted Jesus or even the struggles we've had since we've met Jesus. But we don't always share the full story of how Jesus has taken us from nothing and placed us at his table, called us his daughters crowned us and given us life. And so the question today is, is what's your story? What's your rags to riches from rags to riches story? Where did God bring you from? I think that's the story the world needs to hear. He needs to hear, the world needs to hear the kindness that God showed you, bringing you from a low place a place where you were destitute and destined for a place called hell because you were eternally separated, isolated. But God in his mercy and his goodness saw fit to introduce you to his son, Jesus, after he had sent him to die on a cross for your sins. He put people in your life to introduce you to him so that he could bring you in to his family, call you his daughter, crown you with crown, put a robe on you and sit you at his table for the world to see that you were his and that you had been transformed. So what's your from rags to riches story? Write it down, podcast it, broadcast it, share it. We share so much, but sometimes we fail to share that, share that story. Now it's interesting because there is a from rags to riches story in the Bible that I find 
so fascinating and that I, I really, I appreciate this story because it is, it is truly from rags to riches type story. And it is found in 2 Samuel chapter 9. And the backdrop of this particular story is David has become king. And if you read uh, Samuel and 2 Samuel, it gives you the, the details of David becoming king. We all know that David was anointed king well before he actually became king. Uh, and the previous king before him, King Saul, who had initially loved David and invited David in, became jealous of all of David's victory and the fact that God was with him and God was no longer with King Saul. And so he then began to pursue David to kill David. Um, and Second Samuel follows that battle of just the, the back and forth of just um, the family or the house of Saul against the house of David and that battle that pursued ultimately ending in Saul's life as well as in the life of Saul's son, which is Jonathan. Now, the interesting thing is that Jonathan and David have become best friends. Like they literally have this brotherly love for one another, that they looked out for one another. And even when Saul was pursuing David, Jonathan continued to love David and show David kindness. But in the midst of all this ugliness and this battle that was going on, um, Jonathan died and Saul took his own life. And so there is this destruction and Saul's family began to flee because they knew that they were their father was gone. The king is now dead and they were no longer going to be welcome. And so they began to flee. And the house of David, actually uh, members of his household, pursued the house of Saul, destroying them. But there is a story um, of in 2 Samuel chapter 5 where Jonathan has this son and his name is Mephibosheth. Um, yep, tricky word to say, but Mephibosheth was about five years old when, when Saul and Jonathan died. And so his nurse picks him up to flee with him because she knows that his outcome is, is not good because his father and his grandfather are both dead. And the new king um, is going to destroy the lives of all the descendants of Saul. It's customary that the, the new king kills all of the former king's descendants. So there will be no uprising and challenges, challenges to the throne. So she picks up this five-year-old Mephibosheth and flees. In the midst of her hurry and rush, she drops Mephibosheth. And the Bible says, from that fall, he becomes lame in both feet. That means he's crippled or disabled without the use of both of his his feet. And it kind of leaves Mephibosheth in that situation. So I want to pick us up in 2 Samuel chapter 9 is when we hear about Mephibosheth again. So chapter 9 of 2 Samuel verse 1, David said, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Remember, Jonathan was his friend. So although he was supposed to destroy them all, David is, he's had this encounter with God. Um, and so now he's looking to show kindness to his enemy's household. Although Jonathan was his friend, Saul became his enemy. And so he's looking to show kindness because of his, 
his promise and his relationship with, with Jonathan. So verse two, now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness, to show God's kindness? Ziba answered and said, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Meker, son of Emio in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Meker, son of Emio. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him homage or pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson of your master will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's son. I read to verse 11. Magnificent story. So here is Mephibosheth. He lives his life in a place called Lodabar from the age of five years old, crippled, lame, unable to provide for himself. His father is dead. His grandfather is dead. He is in fear of his life. And he lives in this place called Lodabar. Now, Lodabar uh, literally means nothing. So he's living in exile, in nothingness, in this place of nothing. He has no title, he has no family, he has no provision. Um, he's living in a place where he's depending on someone else to not only provide for him, but to keep him sheltered. Um, he, You don't really know a whole lot about what his life was like in Lodabar, but Lodabar is this, this place of nothing. And here it is that God speaks to King David, really impresses upon his heart to remember a promise he made with Jonathan and to show kindness to Jonathan's household. Now, if you back up a few chapters, you find out in chapter five, verse eight, that David has this discontent, this um, hatred per se, towards the lame and the blind for whatever reason. And we don't really know why. But in chapter five, verse eight, it talks about that the lame and the blind were David's enemies. 
But what happened between chapter 5 and chapter 9 where he's showing the lame kindness? Well, if you read between the the two chapters, you find out that David has this encounter with God. And then he has this prayer of surrender to God. That God has put David in this place of position and authority. And he surrenders his will to God. And that changes his outlook. He remembers a promise with John, or his friend Jonathan, and he calls his son, Jonathan's son, from a place of nothingness. And he brings him there and he treats him as his own son. He, he allows him to eat for the rest of his life at his table amongst his own family. Every day of the rest of his life, Mephibosheth sits at the king's table. As a matter of fact, he moves to Jerusalem so that he can be near the palace and and eat at the king's table. Verse 5, according to uh, chapter 5, according to David the lame and the blind could never enter the palace. But now here's Mephibosheth living, living in a place of honor and seated in a place of honor. And, And princesses, that's what God does for us. Regardless of our past, regardless of our sins, because of King Jesus, you have been brought from your place of Lodabar and sat at the king's table and treated like his daughters because he declared you that. He declared you a daughter of the most high God. So don't be ashamed of your from rags to riches story. Don't be ashamed that you once lived in Lodabar. Don't be ashamed that you were from a place of nothing, from a place of sin, which led to death. And yes, we deserve to die, but God has shown us kindness and has seated us in a place of honor to walk with your heads held high. Wear that crown, that beautiful crown of glory that God has given you. Tell your story. And show God's favor and honor to someone else who needs to know that they can be brought from Lodabar to the palace. Go in peace. God bless you. Until next time, remember to fight life battles God's way with both crown and sword. See you soon.